I'm sure there are many issues which have not been touched, but just a broad overview, which we hope to touch if there is uh, interaction or comments, suggestions. It need not be our own issue. It could be some issue which we observe. And uh, um, I mean, I must say these issues are with everybody. Everybody faces these challenges, not unique to one person. For example, one of the difficulties which uh, I think I didn't touch, this just to open up, is the sexual difficulties. He said, this is another big challenge in yoga. And people face it. It's, it's not that suddenly everybody is a siddha. Each one goes his own way. It's a path where one has to offer and offer and offer. Sometimes a particular difficulty can come back thousand times. And thousand times one has to aspire to be lifted up. It goes from mind, it takes root in the vital, it goes from the vital, it remains in the physical, goes from the physical, remains in the environing consciousness, goes from there, remains in the subconscious nature. So that's why it's a long process, this yoga of transformation. And there are different ways. I mean, somebody asked mother that we are supposed to love only the divine. So what if human love comes in our way? And she gave a very interesting answer. The best way is to go through it. So she said, if you can learn to love unselfishly, uh, in the true way, without expectations, without desire, then you will end up discovering this divine love, which is at the core of everything. Whereas people take the other way, they block all possibility of any kind of love. And she says, they become very harsh and the energy of love remains locked. And then she says, sometimes it takes many years, sometimes lives, to recover this energy. Now it's so strange. Whereas if you take it in the other way, going through life very consciously in a true way, not that wanting things, but things will come in the course of nature. Mother and Shubhidu never advise us like psychoanalysts to raise things. No. They will come. They are inevitable. Because that's how nature is. But when they come to face it in the true way, equanimity, offering, and then the whole energy gets transformed into... A real power. It's gained. It's a gain from the forces of darkness who are holding it. That's how the Vedas describe the dialogue between uh, Sarma, the hound of heaven and the Panis. They have taken the uh, cattle, herd of sun. This is a myth even in Greece, Greek legion. And they are holding it captive inside the caves of darkness. That's how it is. They are energies which have been held captive by the darkness. So we take one of the two attitudes, either Oh, it's gone, gone. Let's not go and touch that area. Uh, and sometimes we even block to this energy and it remains captured. Or else we just completely deny it. But to release it from there, it's described in the Vedas, this process. And that comes when we see it, acknowledge it, offer it, invoke the higher consciousness, above all the grace and love to transform it. Then this is so much allegiance, they change sides and it's, it's an added gain of yoga. Yes, please. Yes. Congratulations, you're the first person ever I have come across to mention about death within nine minutes. I give talks in many countries or uh, conferences and the word death never appears. We are so terribly afraid and I think if we... We are more confronted within ourselves with death, we would have a few problems only.
You mentioned about experience in Latin peril. The root is peril. We're all afraid of new experiences because fear comes up. At an accident, a dog ran into my motorbike in January. I hurt my shoulder terribly. I checked. We say, hey, heal your body. Shoulder means fear of change. It's correct. I was afraid of change like everyone else. And then love. In Chinese, love is so beautiful. I take my heart and put it into your hands. Isn't it nice? And the second one, especially for the man, to remember to go slowly. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, just one small word on the word test because thanks, uh, you reminded me of it. Something which I come across, people often say that mother is testing us. Uh, Repeatedly, repeatedly she has reminded us the divine never tests us because he knows us. He is on our side. He is there to give us grace marks. (laughs) Test is done by cosmic forces. And there are three kinds of forces. Universal nature, which won't allow us just to, you know, cross their barrier. Then forces of uh, adverse forces, uh, adverse and hostile forces. And the third is spiritual and divine forces. It's very interesting. All these three will test us. Universal nature is all the movements which are natural to us. And they have to be changed. They say, well, uh, maybe we are not sure. Are you sure? We want to change. (laughs) So you have to persist, cajole, explain to them, tell them that, look, you know, it's something wonderful. Uh, You know, those who want to read about it in detail, Mother gives an experience in 1958. This is a message of the Mother. Material nature accepting the new consciousness. So they take some time, but eventually they 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 are ready. Then adverse forces will press upon the forces of universal nature. And exaggerate it. Oh, I am a useless person. I am full of these things. Actually, everybody is full of the, you know, these things, but not full in that sense. So she advises not to focus too much on difficulties. That's why I said in the prelude, the main thrust of sadhana should be positive. 70 to 80 percent should be to cultivate peace, calm, aspiration, equanimity, joy, light, surrender, devotion, all, all, all positive things. Uh, whereas 20-30 percent or when one encounters that Yes, one engages. The third is from spirit, and then of course hostile forces. Hostile attacks are typically, uh, there is a sudden sense of despair, feeling that life is not worth it, uh, even death wish, um, depression which is abnormal in kind, lot of crying, confusion in the mind. People have wandered away and done all kinds of strange things, you know. Uh, someone can start hearing voices and there is a complete breakdown, you know, when one is in the grip and... Uh, uh, there are instances, you know, there are people who had been sent away from ashram, famous cases of Tirupati. In- incidentally, because he was uh, one of the pillars chosen to incarnate faith. And he he had a breakdown, he had to be sent away because uh, ashram, Aurobil, they are very intense energy fields. Sometimes going away for some time helps because just being around this force field, uh, one continues to experience it. So, you know, it's uh, that pressure. So, um, uh, when he went away, he would uh, say, I have heard your voice, you are calling me. So, Shubhindu would wire, no, I am telling you not to come. No, no, but inside you are telling me to come, outwardly you are testing me by writing that don't come. So, Shubhindu is saying, Are I won't tell you a lie, I am telling you the truth. You, it's, uh, don't listen to these suggestions and voices, listen to what I am telling you. No, 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 I know your play, the real play is inside. Now, you know. <laughs> so, hostile forces can completely derail the whole process. It's a real adventure. And she says that's why vigilance, humility, 
surrender, all these are very helpful to go through. Not surrender to the hostile voices, but of course surrender to the divine, uh, which means a dynamic surrender. So this is a, um, uh, the third test comes from spiritual and divine forces. They can give us those sidekicks of sadhana, certain experiences and aggrandize us. Sometimes even uh, there can be beings of a higher world who can come and fuse and one can very well be carried away. One can become guru, all kinds of things which are uh, real dangers of yoga. So there are various kinds of tests but fortunately for us, uh, mother is on our side of the sea. (laughs) She carries us if we allow her to uh, safe and wherever necessary because it's a tax of night. They will test us. They will ask the tax. You can't be allowed just to have a free walk, you know, on the toll. So, you know, it, just to take an example for, for uh, serving army persons in, in defense forces, you are not allowed tax uh, on the toll gate. So when people went in a car and there was somebody who was from army or air force, they would flash their identity card. And so they are allowed to go free. So Divine Mother is like that. So we are traveling in her car and suddenly the knight asks tax. So she gives this on our behalf. Take it, let him pass. So, so we still have to go through that toll and the test and the tax. But it's so much less. Uh, that's what Sanlit Path is. It doesn't mean no difficulties. It means going through difficulty in such a way that you don't feel it. Others feel, oh my God, such a big difficulty. Oh, poor fellow. But this poor fellow is enjoying because he is experiencing the mother's grace and protection. So thank you for bringing out this element of test. Divine never test us. He protects us rather. Thank you. I'm wondering if uh, somebody is not connected to mother and the yoga but is living here maybe by birth or by other circumstances so and comes in a state of being troubled, being really deeply confused and also creating a lot of confusion in his, uh, surren- in his surrounding. So I'm really wondering what to do because I can't come with mother, <laughs> I can't come with phrases and yeah, I, understand. I can only of course look yeah. for my own yeah. integrity yeah. and yeah. No, no, that's true. try to stay centered but yeah. Yeah. really what is the remedy for somebody yeah. who is so troubled and so lost yeah. and wind up in stories yeah. which we are sometimes having. So one uh, simple remedy of course or rather we can speak of two, three remedies which should be done simultaneously. See, uh, it's not about somebody having faith or you know connected to the mother. Uh, It's understood that not everybody is blessed with faith. It's a special grace. Uh, Love for the divine is the rarest of rare treasure. If one has it, treasure it. If one doesn't have it, well, you can't cultivate it, you can't force somebody to say, have love for the mother. Well, if it is there, it's a treasure. But there are people who would find it difficult. Even those who are seekers, uh, they may have doubts. They, they may not believe that, yes, mother is really divine, but they are drawn to a certain ideal. All kinds of things are possible. Yet, those who are connected with them, I'm speaking of that, they still know that, well, whether we have the eye or not, the light is there. And therefore, those who are connected can pray uh, to the mother and thereby direct her rays onto this person. There is an interesting letter of Shurbindo where there is a boy who was undergoing epileptic fits. And Shurbindo has said that epileptic fits are because there is an occult influence from uh, other worlds, vital worlds. And when it tries to enter the person and the person resists, there is a fit. 
When it possesses, then there is a change of personality, what we call a psychosis. But actually this pressure creates uh, epileptic fits. So he says, sir, if you can send your force, he says, he is not open to me, but he is open to you. The father writes a letter. You sit near him and invoke me. So I have seen these kind of things happening. Uh, those who really love the person or are connected uh, to invoke, to pray, uh, maybe near the person, it, it helps. Uh, of course, one has to strike a balance because being attached to the person or knowing the person, having love for the person is one thing. Entering into sympathy is another thing. Entering into sympathy with somebody who has gone into a state of confusion can be dangerous. This also should be in the cautious because uh, the whole thing comes into us and we don't know how to handle ourselves. So first of all, it should be done like, you know, there is a disclaimer always below. Uh, these stunts are performed by those who are experts. So <laughs> it's important to... Uh, keep the offering the person but always these things should be done in a state of nishkam karma we don't know what really is the destiny maybe the destiny eventually is to go away and come back through a you know larger cycle uh, what do we understand you know what is best for the person and uh, everything is possible it's a great, real adventure so maybe it is best for the person to go away and uh, this is the simplest of advice i have seen people uh, who have been almost magically, uh, miraculously, they have felt much relieved just by going away, which is paradoxical because, you know, people say when the person went there, you know, what happened, ashram, he, he became crazy, but moving away, he is so nice. I said, yes, we know about it. It's, it's all right. I mean, near the sun is not easy to live. And uh, being a little away is, uh, you know, lot more soothing. So, uh, it, it may be best advice to say, take a break. Uh, go away maybe to the Himalayas, uh, nice healing energies uh, to Nepal or some place where there is a quieter energy and uh, more peaceful energy of peace of a certain kind. Here there is dynamic peace, intensely dynamic peace uh, even in the ashram. But there is a pacifist peace, you know, like if you go to Tiruvannamala, you feel a quiet, quietness but of a more of a withdrawal kind. Here there is a very dynamic peace, very intense. And mother would send people sometimes away. There are a lot of people who were sent away. And of course, if one has lost a complete balance, uh, there is no harm in taking help even from, uh, you know, maybe even medically. Uh, sometimes people get very scared. This is another thing I have seen. Uh, oh, I... These, you know, ego wears many a mask. One of them is, oh, I have never taken drugs. Uh, what's wrong? You know, uh, we eat food, it is full of inconscience. We meet people, we see so many things. What's wrong if we take a medicine? You know, mother has sent people even to Nimans. There is a very interesting story of, you know, it's, it's a very illustrative story. Uh, there was one Gangadharji, Gangadharan, living in Ashram. A man from a very humble background, uh, near Pondicherry. And amazing experiences. Actually, um, Mother has verified, he had authentic supramental experiences. And yet, an amazing person, and yet when he had a breakdown, mother sent him to Nimhans. Now, in Nimhans, it's very strange. So one would say, oh, mother has sent him to Nimhans uh, for treatment medically. Now, while medical treatment was going on, uh, every night he would see a nurse coming with uh, two coconut water and he would drink the coconut water and she would say, you take it, you'll be all right. So after two months, he became alright. He came back and he asked mother, Mother, uh, everything is fine. I am fine and good. You send me surrendered person, not questioning. But who, who was the, There was a nice lady and I wanted to thank her, but I couldn't find her. And mother smiled. It was mother herself who had gone and... Now, it's a Leela. How do we understand? 
mother could have given him this recipe while he was there real coconut from her real hands but he has to go away sometimes uh, you know there are material grooves in our nature because everything in in creation in in earthly life uh, not in creation but on earth uh, finally finds an outlet through matter it there may be some subtle lock or some little uh, molecule through which the forces are entering and it's good sometimes to take a medicine to block it but yes we must understand this medicine is giving us temporary relief change of consciousness attitude is necessary so very often people take a very strong either or attitude i'll never take medicine whatever happens now well this also is one kind of rigidity and egoism the other is i'll rely only on medicine so balance and moderation are uh, one of the best things in yoga uh, narada who comes here i think uh, garden and om kaur he was narrating to me that once he had a severe stomach upset or something and he wrote to the mother mother what should i do um, rely on your force or take the medicine she said rely on my force and take the medicines so you know there are other solutions what's wrong with it and i have seen that people in the ashram context and oro will generally need lesser dosage this my own personal study so sometimes it's good to take medical help it's nothing nothing wrong with it so all these are possibilities uh, ultimately the important thing is to come out of the moras not you know i am sinking 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 but i never took medicines now that's not important it's okay whatever helps helps just it's a it's a second uh, <coughs> question then i'm done if somebody does not have an insight so somebody said i'm not i don't have any problem so the other people have yes, the problem yes, yes. so it's very <laughs> aggressive and this is totally yes yes does not have yeah. self conscious yeah see so, as I, yeah we encounter it very often <laughs> not only doesn't have insight they will be nice neat explanations you know so uh, there is a point up to which we can help as i said we can pray we can suggest but the, ultimately a point comes when uh, an individual is left to himself because it's his evolutionary journey i have seen that happen in the ashram context uh, people who for years and years have been having um, that psychotic what we call medically a psychotic well in yoga it's seen differently uh, possession and influence of hostile forces and they just remain years and years they don't go for work remain complaining grudging and uh, they remain uh, at the same time i have studied some of them over long period of time not studied like a research but very naturally because uh, they they come i have seen sometimes something gets unlocked and they will come one day and say okay you were talking about that medicine can i have something and uh, they 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 respond so well and get integrated take to work the whole state changes uh, also i have seen some of them i still have someone uh, who has learned that these voices and suggestions are from the hostiles and this man has learned to say no and he is invaded by them because the gate is open big gate but he knows how to say no and rely on ma and one of the things um, uh, is just mother's name of course not somebody who is uh, doesn't believe but i have seen like this example i am telling you all that he is he does is because he is a very simple person doesn't have Uh, even the psychological uh, uh, subtlety or complexity to understand things he knows they are hostile forces i should keep them away and he knows that mother's name will protect me i can tell you i have seen him for years now decades and he is protected and safe 
I mean, he gets all these suggestions. Go, do this, jump away. Initially, when I saw him, I was uh, very surprised because I don't know what to do. In a traditional setup, we would, you know, put the person in, in safe thing. But he has never been admitted, Mother's Grace, in any other place. He's in open ashram, uh, one of the places where, you know, I, I take care. And, and uh, he's fine. Every day when I see him, he says, you know, Alok Bhaiya, that suggestion comes. I'm taking mother's name. All right? I say, yes, correct. And then we shake hands and it's amazing. So a protection comes just taking mother's name. I often recommend those who have faith, of course. Even without faith, just call her name. It's something wonderful. You know, it's a tremendous shield, tremendous power. Uh, in, in the practice of yoga, mother even goes on to say when uh, Satprem insists, tell me something, some practice, some method, some method. And she speaks of surrender, but still some method. So she says, speaks about it. She speaks of the mantra. It's such a simple thing. Just the mantra. Calling mother. It's very powerful. Sometimes I suggest putting some nice music with, uh, you know. And if the person resists the music, just putting it on a very low key. It need not be heard, but just the vibrations are spreading into the atmosphere. So this also I have, you know, tried to do. Um, to avoid too much stimulation around such a person so that there is time to uh, probably go within. Essentially, these are some of the things that can, one can do. Yes, please. Uh, you mentioned people are reluctant sometimes to take some medical, um, so some medicine. It can be also the opposite that they're multiplying therapies or like taking all sorts of supplements or Ayurvedic medicine, allopathic medicine yes, and all. Yes. Um, in what sense like, then it's like they're not putting the responsibility, they're not taking the responsibility of what is happening to, yes. to them and just yes. putting the responsibility on others to, yes, to be able yes. to, um, to get It's a very it. good question and a very interesting one. It has many ramifications, you know, which um, uh, I'll first tell you how I look at these things uh, from the deepest perspective. Then there are other aspects of it, as you rightly said, uh, uh, responsibility part. But the deepest perspective is that man in his search for the ultimate remedy will go through many approximate uh, attempts. And they are not the ultimate attempts. I think if that is clear that, well, whatever I may be doing, whether it be an allopathic or homeopathy or Ayurveda or pranic healing or uh, crystal grazing or, you know, dowsing, whatever one may do. One must know these are all intermediary things and not the panacea. If, if they were panacea, Shobindra and the mother would not waste uh, decades doing a tapasya for the supramental consciousness. So one thing we should be clear that they are all helpful and they all help in a limited way. To make one therapy absolute and ultimate and uh, demean others is not really an integral way. So I look at it that they are experimentation depending on one's need and uh, turn of being. One will go through, most many of these therapies are at the vital level, some at the mental level and uh, they have sometimes very quick results. Uh, vital is like that, as I said, it, it's a master fabricator. It's okay, man will go through this phase till he discovered that no, 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 this is not the ultimate remedy. At some stage he will break through. Go into mind, then to, you know what, today we talk about non-dual consciousness, my thoughts helping somebody and stuff like that. But even that is new age stuff. Uh, then we'll, I mean new age I am speaking of in the fashionable way. Then eventually a time will come when he'll, he'll get hold of this 
pure spiritual consciousness. But there is a big journey in which these things will come. Inevitable. We can't stop them. I don't think we should stop them. But your question is very relevant because then who takes the responsibility? I face it. Like, you know, somebody goes and after some time, when the things become much worse and suddenly, you know, the person comes. So, personally, I say it's okay. I mean, person has come to me. Uh, at this point of time, it's alright, you know, one can go through. But sometimes very tricky because things have gone to a point. And I think that's where probably the way is to, uh, to probably have maybe th- this kind of gathering, such gatherings, where there is a collective understanding about what is what. That is missing. So each one opens his own shop and that's it. And he says, my product is the best. That is dangerous. We have this, even in Asha. My product is the best. And you know, oh, that person, you know, when I came, I had to face this channel. Oh, he's a Pagalka doctor. You know, mad people's doctor. So, you know, in India, to be a psychiatrist is not a good thing. You are mad before others. So, so, so you know, he's a mad doctor. Even in, I'm openly, I can share, in dispensary setup, somebody will come for blood pressure. Now, I am also a general doctor because I'm trained in MBBS. Worked in Air Force for 21 years, seen all kinds of patients, but when the person will take medicine and go to the counter, oh, why have you gone to this person? He is a Pagal doctor. So, you know, Pagal ka doctor becomes Pagal doctor, you know, mad doctor. So, <laughs> so when I came to know, I said, very good, mother wants me to have time to myself. I am not keen to have patients with me or proclaim myself. So, it's very good, so I'll, you know, spend time in reading and writing. Then slowly people come. And then this challenge will come that, you know, oh, so-and-so said, don't go. And, you know, that person, the medicines are very bad. And, you know, uh, and then the person has come. So, uh, personally, I like to make it clear. Look, I mean, if you have come here, I have my limitations. I don't claim to have panacea, but these are my limitations within which I operate. If you are fine with it, fine. If you are not fine with it, the world is there. But all this should be done without any hard feelings. In the sense, doors are always open. Anytime you can come, because at the end of the day, we are all equal players in, an, uh, on, you know, in the same field. We are all adventurers. We are all brothers and sisters and co-travelers. So, doors are always open. So, this should be, I feel, the state that, okay, you want to experiment. People come and tell me, I want to experiment with this or that therapy. I say, it's okay. Can we come back to you if, if things mess up? I say, okay. I mean, <laughs> if you come back here, mother has sent you, so I have to see you. Uh, so this is how, you know, I've had people who have come back three times, four times. It's okay, it's okay. I have to do my bit and uh, do it as a nishkam karma. But this question of responsibility is a very tricky issue. And um, I think it has to be addressed more administratively. Uh, that if somebody takes up a case, to what degree one has a responsibility? Uh, what happens if the patient messes up? And uh, are we doing things in tune with the law? Because sometimes... Uh, people are not aware that there are certain practices which are not in tune with the law. Now, this is a different area altogether, which has more to do with the way the world is organized today. And, um, uh, well, if if things are like that, one has to uh, maybe tie up with either a person or a hospital setting to take care when things are messed up and acknowledge they are messed up. That's the worst part. Sometimes there is no acknowledgement that they are messed up. I have seen people like that. Um, because you know you you are pushing by the ego that no my therapy alone will cure you only grace can say like that that grace alone can cure nobody else can say that so this is being presumptuous yes please
So many problems we have go back to Descartes. Je pense donc je suis, I think, therefore I am. Not combining left part and the right part of the brain. He died 1650. And ancient culture thought with the heart. When I read Buddha's Dhammapada, it begins, we are what we think. It means exactly, translated, we are what we think and feel. In ancient Egypt, to think, to see with the eye of the heart. In Chinese, to examine with the heart. In Sanskrit, to think so beautifully, to see holistically and so on. And now the Western world has accepted it. And now because the West has been so powerful coming to all the countries, they have accepted it. 97, I have been teaching all my life, 97% of all curricula are left part of the brain. Now, where's the heart? I quite agree with you. Um, to give a small little example is about the misunderstandings, you know, when uh, I came to Pondicherry and recently, you know, people started this, that everybody must learn Tamil to, you know, integrate with the culture. So now I have this difficulty that uh, any language, I mean apart from uh, Hindi and English, though I have uh, in Air Force, been in Maharashtra, in Gujarat, every place, but I, I, I have a difficulty. Uh, my mind doesn't just work like that. So, but I have another way. So people often ask that, no, no, you must learn Tamil. I said, no, open your heart. You may learn Tamil, yet not be able to integrate because in your heart you are still carrying this feeling of being either uh, this or that, different, superior, all kinds of things. But if you open the heart, there's no issue. And I had no issues. Because uh, whoever uh, one meets, one feels they are all, you know, we are all children of the mother. What is there? Mother is in everyone. Or if you want to put it, divine is in everyone. And then I discovered that there is no difference. You know, these differences are all mental things. Absolutely same human nature inside, below the surface. If you get past that initial difficulty that language and uh, appearances create. Uh, in fact, um, uh, to, to put it in a summary way, Uh, all that I can say is the mind divides. By its nature, it divides. The heart unites. So if you want unity, it must flow from the heart. If you want division, analyze, understand, adjust, accommodate, but still division will be there. Because heart has the energy of love and love alone unites. <laughs> We... Uh, we, we, uh, I am fond of using this term that it's a civilizational disorder. We lack vitamin L and vitamin F. Vitamin L is vitamin love with a capital L. And vitamin F is faith. It's a civilizational disorder. <laughs> They are not available in our uh, dispensary. I don't know in Auroville also. <laughs> Pharmacies don't sell it. They cannot be sold. They are priceless. So I always say that if, if one has this vitamin in abundance, share it with others, but you know, don't lose it. It's a priceless gift. <laughs> And of course, super vitamin is grace, G. Yes, so anything else? Uh, yes, please. Good morning. Uh, my name is Stone. In my, I put it in my words. Um, for me, I'm not on the spiritual path. And at the same time, I experience, I have a lot of um, mental questions in me. Is that, 
is it especially is there especially something for people who are in this spiritual path in relation to what we are talking about this yes. morning? I'm glad you brought this up. Questioning mind. Uh, uh, there is a difference between a questioning mind uh, and a doubting mind. First, this distinction. Questioning mind is a mind in quest. That's how it comes. It's a seeking mind. It's a wonderful thing to have a seeking in any part of the being, including the mind. But a doubting mind is a different mind. It doubts for the sake of doubt. Uh, it is a mind which has turned itself from the light and says, where is light, where is light. Whereas a seeking mind is turned towards the light and is seeking it more and more. So questioning mind is a very good mind provided it's not a doubting mind. I'm just, you know, drawing the distinction. So um, all of us, many of us have it, like anybody with some development. I mean, I, I had it in plenty. That's why I broke away from the traditions of uh, Indian traditions. So many of them are there. I've been brought up in a typically traditional family, but I, I was not satisfied because I had questions about karma, about this or that, and creation, moksha, maya, nirvana, so many gurus I met, but I, I couldn't be satisfied that way because there was something else which one was looking for. It was not a perfect solution. It was a half-hearted solution. Uh, when I came to Shurabindra and the mother, then yes. Now, what happens is that obviously we carry certain baggages in our own mind. So the method I adopted that I can uh, tell you uh, and, and then few things. So whenever I had a certain view about something and I would read Shurabindu and I would see that Shurabindu has said something very different. It was implicit that that is right and this opinion has to be thrown aside. Uh, then I realized that when I do it, I do not immediately may not understand that why he has said what he has said. But if I just allow, accept a priori that uh, I have, I mean, Shobindu is my master and what he says is right. I do not know. I don't have the acumen to understand. Then uh, after a period of time, the truth of those things began to appear. Then this process got so activated that after a time, as soon as I would read, uh, I would get a very clear uh, insight or revelation, you may call it, uh, that behind the words, there is something else. The whole thing, context, the understanding and why he has said, to whom he has said, the tone, everything would appear. So th this, um, I feel, comes as we, uh, essentially the mind has to learn to surrender to the infinite. The question is there and then the answer comes. This answer which comes, uh, before, I am not talking of the inner answer which we can play around with. But, um, I mean, it has its validity, but I am speaking of an answer. Fortunately, we have, for the first time, uh, um, an avatar, at, or, or even if you say master, who has touched upon every aspect of human life. Uh, first time. I, I am not aware, having read practically everything in Indian and Western thought, practically everything, spiritual point of view, uh, I have not come across this detailed uh, answering of questions. And Shubhinda said, because this ashram is full of modern disciples and because mind was predominant in the previous curve of evolution, it's natural that we have to move from this questioning mind on to intuition. And it's perfectly fine, valid, it's valid. And, um, but the way is, they have answered everything. Now, one way is that we say, oh, it's dogma. No, it's not like dogma. Because dogma is when we take the word in isolation, turn it into a rigid, uh, applicable to all things. Oh, Shurabindu has said this, therefore, you know, don't do this. And it's not like that. It, there is a truth which has been given in a body of words. The body of words is just a vessel. I can share a strange experience once I had of uh, mother's writings. And as I was looking at it, 
uh, all these writings, first outwardly it was like rock and suddenly they were uh, melting away and they were just fire inside. So it's very interesting that they are carrying consciousness and this was asked to mother. Mother, uh, what is there in your writings which uh, gives us a very different experience when we read it? And she used the word consciousness. I put consciousness into it. So when we read their writings, it should be to come in contact with their consciousness which will reveal us. It's one approach. So those who have a mental questioning, I, I suggest that read Mother and Shubindo. It's tremendous, you know. Uh, don't have to listen to speakers like us or any, anybody in the world. Fortunately, we have Mother and Shubindo directly and read their writings. Uh, read it exhaustively. I mean, some of the beginning years of uh, my turning to the path, it was like a fire. I was even carrying Mother's books and Shubindo's books in the bathroom. And sitting and reading. So my, a part of me was saying, oh, what, what is it you are doing? Bathroom is not a place. And then I put mother's picture there. I said, why not? She is everywhere. So even in bathroom, she is there. And I would read. And you know, <laughs> um, it was like a fire. So after finishing mother and show in the what else? Okay, agenda. After agenda, nalnida, nirodha. Then when you get into that, from every angle one sees uh, um, after a time that well, what they are really Revealing to us. So if there is a quest and questioning, I recommend read Mother and Shurabindo at least. And after a while, it's not so much the intellectual part is one part, but there will be a kind of peace and knowledge settling inside. It's there like seeds of light. And then it gets applied to everything. But one should be careful about doubt. Doubt is dangerous. It corrodes the mind. Doubt means, oh, Shurabindo writes this, but I don't know. Maybe... Uh, Kant has said this, Hegel has said this, uh, Vivekananda has said this. Now, then, you know, I am still a um, person who is moving all around into the world, which is fine, nothing wrong with that. But then I am not on the path. One day, this is a very subtle thing that, well, if Shurabindo, once we accept, then there is a certain degree of implicit faith and surrender. And it applies everywhere. If somebody goes to a teacher and says, uh, well, I don't really believe you. <laughs> so, or if somebody goes to a doctor. Now these are implicit that if I come to Shurabindo, I have this basic faith that what Shurabindo says. Uh, if one has not gone through the process, like uh, I was fortunate or unfortunate to go through a whole range of studies uh, and still I was not satisfied. But people have not gone through that and they are reading Shurabindo, then doubt comes. Well, presumption, it should start with, well, he is saying something I don't understand right now. But if I trust him, I aspire, I pray, I seek, surely one day I will understand the inner sense behind the words. And that is the best way, I, I don't know of any other. Uh, emotions, how to deal with emotions. I think um, uh, it's relatively simple, though I shouldn't say, you know, that emotions can create their own difficulty. Uh, I can again share with you how, um, uh, what I have understood and worked upon it. Um, as I said, uh, a simple thing is uh, release this energy of love. And very often for us love means my family members, those who are near to me, those who are dear to me, whom I cherish. But that is where love gets in. Release this energy of love in creation. Everywhere it is there, you know, loving a tree which is uh, near you, um, the flowers which are on the ground. Uh, the objects, uh, you know, which we, one is dealing with. So, let, let us learn to love uh, everything and everyone around. It is very challenging. It looks very simple. Especially when it comes to human beings. Uh, human beings who have hurt us. Uh, 
but still if we have to look at it from the yogic point of view then all energy of love should be eventually turned towards the divine means in that person through that person through this object through this tree through this beast it should turn towards the divine should reach out to the divine this brings wideness as well as releases this energy other way the way of traditional bhakti that i'll only love divine in my heart and not love anything else anybody else i don't know about it i find it very narrow and uh, maybe limiting but i'm sure it will eventually bring that universality in you but i am no i i don't know about that path uh, yes it should be very clear that uh, Uh, all the love in the world cannot be even a drop of the love of the divine mother that should be the background but then release this energy of love uh, i think this is the one emotion that can heal all other emotions love so whatever if nowadays even in psychiatry we speak about curing depression by having a pet at home uh, but is paradoxical no we can love human beings start with a pet <laughs> probably because pets will not they say anything they are very nice creatures uh, that's not you know take the biggest challenge is to love human beings most difficult challenge <laughs> because of the individualized ego not because human beings are bad uh, but because of the strong individualization of the ego the demands expectations can be very high unlike an idol or unlike uh, a beast where the demand is not there and there is a very nice for detailed thing i would suggest and those who really want to read more about it there is a very nice writing of nalinida it's originally in bengali but translated in english it's called to love man manusir bhajan to love man and he says there are three stages first is you love the divine first is you are engaged with humanity in whatever way then you love the divine and there is an exclusivity on the divine third is you come back to man and love him but now this is a different kind of love that you bring it's uh, universalizing this which you have discovered inside it's a very revolutionary writing i mean uh, i think i still have the soft copy somewhere but it should be available somewhere in shabda or something i am sure anmol will be able to help out but it's a must read uh, because i find it really very practical very wonderful uh, to release this energy of love and transmute the emotions and yes to love the divine is to love everything that's the remedy divine love is the remedy for all and she has said is the best emotional protection so it should always be there in the background even if the whole creation vanishes even if everybody hates you know, nobody likes us still one thing we must remember is that the mother loves us there is a nice letter of shirbindo small letter says remember that the mother loves you base your life on this single advice and everything will be fine now imagine the see he is not saying remember that you love the mother because who can love divine i mean we may claim but loving the divine is amazing but divine loves us if you remember this it's a very big cushion as i said she has said it's a mattress spread below our feet so that we don't break our bones and um, to add to it it's a, a strange thing often several conferences uh, workshops i've seen of integral yoga i don't know why everybody is hell bent upon turning shurbindo into a philosopher and a thinker there's so much love i mean it's amazing and she says never forget two things shurbindo's compassion and the mother's love 
And if you read through his letters, through the synthesis of yoga, through Savitri, it's ultimately at the end all about love. It's the crowning realization. But it's ignored. We have conferences on super mind, but love is missing. It's a very dry super mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there's Shobindo's word. You think super mind is dry? It has an intensity of love and ananda as you can never imagine in, in a mental world. So, I think uh, we can pause here. And so thank, thank you so much. Thank you to all. Maybe you could uh, give us uh, your feedback. If you would like to do, you can go to Ronet on this uh, an, uh, event or maybe write directly to Santé. It will help us to, uh, to organize maybe better uh, other events. And also I will collect all the feedbacks and I am in touch with Alok and we transmit all the feedbacks. Thank you. I won't need it, but yes, if we want more of such things, we can have, yes. Thank you so much.